Hey everyone, welcome to Life Her Podcast. I have Kimberly with me and she is such an amazing woman. She has an amazing testimony that will help many women that are having difficulties of conceiving, of having a child, seeking a surrogate, or even IVF. So she has all the answers. She experienced a lot in the past throughout the years of her life. And this will be very refreshing for some women that lost faith into wanting to become a mother or they just falling into some sort of depression or anything when they're having these difficulties. So hi, Kimberly, how are you? Hello, Yvette, how are you? I'm doing good. Good to see you. Good to see you too. Thank you so much for being on my podcast tonight, sharing your amazing testimony. Thank you. (laughs) I appreciate it. So please, we're just going to start off in the beginning so everyone gets to know you and how did you get where you're at today? So what was it like growing up? Oh, God. Like for me, uh, growing up, it was a pretty normal childhood. I mean, it was, you know, I had a number of siblings. Um, I'm the oldest of all of my siblings. I always say I'm the youngest, but yeah, I'm the oldest of all my siblings. And, you know, we had a great childhood. I think they would also agree that, you know, we did. I mean, we had the same problems other people I'm sure have, but at the end of the day, we were, um, we were blessed. Wow, that's amazing. So as time progressed and you got older and I know you end up getting married, yeah. Um, during your first marriage, how were things as far as your first marriage? Um, they weren't, they weren't good. Um, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, you know, like, I think because I met, um, my first spouse, uh, when we were at church, actually, um, you just think like, oh, you know, this must be like, you know, once they approach you, this must be the person for me. And, you know, sometimes, you know, that's just not always the case. And so um, I was married um, for 11 years and, um, you know, it was it was filled with um, a lot of ups and downs, but, you know, a lot more downs, I will I will say, which is why, you know, clearly we're not together anymore. Um, you know, there was emotional abuse, physical abuse, drug abuse, like, you know, every kind of abuse. And so, you know, it made for a very difficult time. And then on top of that, I was not able to, you know, carry a child to term. So, you know, it was just a lot on us, on the marriage and, um, you know, it didn't survive. Yeah, I saw that you um, suffered multiple miscarriages what was that feeling like when you actually just experienced your first one? Um, I, I will say that, I mean, it was heart-wrenching because you're so excited. And so from the moment that you find out, you're like already in love, okay? You you just, you are like, okay, I cannot wait to meet this, this person. And, um, you know, from that moment that you find out. And the thing about, you know, you know, the 21st century, I guess I'll say, is that, you know, you can immediately know, like, you know, a couple couple weeks, you know, like, okay, I'm pregnant. Even if you would not have known, it's like, oh my God, I know there were two lines, you know, or it read pregnant. And so you're so excited and because you know, you know, so, so much earlier and, um, 
you know, I, it just, when it happened, it was just a, a shock because I just assumed that, you know, I would go on and have children, you know, after all my mom, she had had six daughters and today's her birthday, by the way. And, you know, um, you know, my mom, she had six daughters and a breeze. And then me being the oldest of those daughters, they've gone on and they've had children, never a problem at all. And yet for me, it was just a very different story. So, you know, yeah, like the first time it was very hard, you know, but second, third, fourth, fifth time, it was still very, very hard. And um, I think the later terms, like the sixth and the fifth months of, of pregnancy, those were gut-wrenching for me. It was on a completely different level. And so, yeah, I mean, it was, it was hard. I can talk about it, you know, with ease now, because I really believe that I've just been healed in terms of my emotions. But, um, you know, there was a time that this would not be a conversation that I could even have with you. Wow. So during that time frame, when did you actually was like, okay, I need to figure out what's wrong. Why do I keep having these miscarriages? Like when you started figuring out, taking next steps of actually seeing a doctor and start testing and everything. Um, I think that early on, um, I like after the first uh, miscarriage, early on, I, I, I do remember, you know, seeing um, the doctor just, you know, to find out like what's going on. But it's like, okay, if you haven't tried for more than a year, then they, they figure, you know, okay, you're fine. Just, you know, relax. And um, I did conceive again, but then it was a loss. Conceive again, and then it was a loss. So um, after maybe the third time where, you know, you're talking to your doctor and he's just like, okay, or she, it's just like, um, okay, well, maybe let's, let's check you for lupus. Let's check you for like, it was so many different things. They wanted to check, you know, test me um, to find out what was going on with me. And um, I didn't have any of those issues, but ultimately, okay. So ultimately they told me that um, after I was pregnant and I went to the sixth month and I lost the pregnancy, then there was a diagnosis of an incompetent cervix. So it was just said that, okay, you're going to have to get a stitch for the next pregnancy. Like, you know, unfortunately we, you know, a lot of times the woman loses the pregnancy and then they know. And so um, I went through that next year and I got the stitch. I'm all excited. And yet it happened again. So, you yeah. know, that, yeah. And so, and, and, and the, you know, there's so much emotion there. It's raw. It's just yeah. complete, um, you, you just so much pain. And so, um, you know, I, you know, dealt with it, but, um, you know, you, then you, then you have to just move on and say, okay, this is just not what God meant for me. Right. So when did you like during that period of time, were you seeking or having any counseling during that time? Cause that's like really rough. It's very rough. And yes, I did. And I think that, um, especially like within our community, you know, talking about your community, we don't seek help and it's okay to say, you know what, I'm having a hard time. It's, it's okay. And so I did. And honestly, it was not that I really sought her. I will be completely transparent in that my employer 
after, like I work for insurance. So working for insurance, they can even, you know, can see all your claims and see everything you've gone through. You right. know, okay. So it was a, a call that was made to my director and it was said to her that, you know, we really, you know, we don't see any uh, like EAP or like uh, claims in terms of, you know, uh, the issues that, you know, your employee has been going through. And they recommended that I see someone before I came back to work. So I, you know, I was really, I mean, at the time I was like somewhat offended. And I think probably because it's like, okay, what are you trying to say? Like crazy. But, you know, in hindsight, you know, it was was the best thing. So Mm -hmm. what you um, working in, um, working in insurance, a lot of women are, they not educated enough to know too much of what insurance can cover and what they can't cover. Can you elaborate on what, how the insurance work and what do they cover and not cover when you're trying to conceive as far as IVFs or surrogate or, or just even, you know, taking types of medication to help you get pregnant? Okay. So honestly, we'll say first, it really depends on your plan. Okay. It depends on your plan because there are some plan plans very rare that will uh, include IVF. It may be like two rounds of IVF may be included, or fertility medications may be included. But I will say that the boatload of policies Mm -hmm. they do not include that. So a lot of times when you you know you're you're having to go that route of you know, IVF or IUI or, you know, whatever it is that you're trying to, you know, you need to go through, um, it's out of pocket. Now, the one thing that thing that insurance companies do typically cover, I won't say all, but for, you know, I would say it's a standard for the most part, mm-hmm. um, is that the diagnosis. So like, let's say you are, um, you know, you're finding that you're not able to get pregnant. And so you're going to the doctor where you're OB, he's going to run tests, he's going to do this, he's going to you know, do the die through the, you know, the whole nine, you're going to do all that. Well, that's going to be covered because that's going to be falling under, you know, we can help you to, you know, find out the issue, but not after, at that point, it moves into another, um, another realm and that you're going to be adding, you know, dependent to the plan. So, you know, they don't want to pay for that. (laughs) Yeah. And that's, (laughs) (laughs) So um, with that, you know, as far as women dealing with PCOS, so they will, is that something different or they'd be able to help you with that? They absolutely can help you with, you know, any, um, anything having to do with fertility, you're going to find that, you know, going to your OB is going to help you. And, but once you have exhausted everything with your OB, uh, then you would have to go to an RE, which is a reproductive endocrinologist. So that would be your your next and best and final step to go to someone who that is pretty much all they do. I mean, with your OB, you know, you're going to have other issues from, you know, ovarian to, you know, whatever. But with a reproductive endocrinologist, their goal is, you know, helping you to reproduce. Thus the name reproductive endocrinologist. Yeah. Right. <laughs> So, so after you you deal with so many um, emotional challenges and physical challenges and spiritual challenges, 
um, you end up getting married again. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I did. That's great. Yeah, I am. It's, you know, I'm still, he's fortunate enough that, yeah, I'm still around. <laughs> no, I'm the lucky one. He's, he's great. I'm the lucky one. I think I'm supposed to say that. I'm the lucky one. <laughs> no, he's the lucky one. <laughs> so, so, um, how did he, um, take heed of an understanding of the things that you were battling and for him to just be so welcoming and so supportive of, of you to even get through that. Yeah. I, you know, the, the, the thing about, you know, my, my husband, Dave, you know, we met, like he was, you know, my physician and, you know, <laughs> the, the, the bad part is about, about it is that I was, I want to say bad part. I was on antidepressants. You know, I was, you know, I had gone through a divorce. Okay. So going through a divorce is like a death. So you, yeah. you go through that. It's very painful. And here I am moving to a new state to move the whole thing. And so I'm completely open about the fact that, yes, I had to take antidepressants okay so um when i saw him it's like you know you put down like you know you go to the doctor it's like okay what drugs are you taking or whatever and it's like oh do i even say that but you know okay he's a new gonna be my new doctor so i write everything down or whatever and so he knew like who you know we talked about you know that kind of thing like up, up front but it was more medical kind of whatever so as we finally um you know, after years decided, like, you know, we started dating or whatever, you know, I had to, I had to share quite a bit with him, but the good part about it is that, okay, he, my husband was, you know, like a number of years older than me. So he'd already had children and they were older, you know, the girls, you know, they were, they were older. He'd already gone through that. I think the surprise for me was the fact that he even wanted to, talk about, you know, children or whatever. It's like, okay, you've done that already. So why would that even be something that you would entertain? And so we didn't really talk about that much. Okay. We didn't talk about children and that type of thing because I met him when I was, you know, much older, you know, okay. I won't say much older, but I was older. And so he, and I, I just figured, you know, we would just have a great Right. You know, I'm doing well with, you know, my career. He's doing great. And we would just travel. And there you are. We would just, that's what we would do. And I guess, you know, your plans can be, a, you know, one set of plans, but, you know, I don't have a different plan for you. Right. Just like a whole switched up your life. Yeah. <laughs> Complete. <laughs> so when was that moment when you started trying again? with your husband? I will say that that never, okay. What I ended up doing, I told him what my past was and that that couldn't be something that I wanted to endure again, because having the losses at such a late stage in my pregnancy, that was kind of like the icing on the cake. I cannot do this anymore. But what we, I, I will say, because he was a doctor. I think part of it was like, okay, he was giving me that pep talk and, you know, and not only just the medical part, but then also, you know, he's talking spiritually and he's, you know, we can, you know, do this. And and the reason it didn't happen before is because you had gone through so much. And I, um, 
kind of got on board with it. And so we went through the whole process of like, you know, the, the egg retrieval, the whole IVF piece of it. And it's just so, it was so difficult for me, I guess, as opposed to like a much younger person, because let's say they were like, oh, that we got, we took 17 eggs or 35 eggs. It was right. like five would be viable because right. I was older. So it's like, you know, it's not like, you know, these eggs were just like, okay, please. So here it is. I'm going through all of uh, all of that. And so I finally, we get the, the viable um, eggs and I did do the IVF one time. And honestly, Yvette, I was very happy that it didn't work because again, I had never, it was never the getting pregnant. It was down the road. So even if I had heard that great news, now the fear steps in, like, you know, it comes in and it says, okay, here we go again, you know, all right, you're going to be, you know, and so I was very happy about it. And once I, I really just kind of put my foot down and said, you know what, I can't go through this again, ever feeling that way. At that point, I think we just decided, you know what, let's just live our lives. You know, we're a hundred years old. Let's just, <laughs> you know, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so so you end up searching for a surrogate yeah <laughs> like, yeah like it was okay anybody who is looking to use a surrogate and I, and I will say this one thing uh shout out to my baby sister when i was going through um like the hardest part of my my life i mean it was just absolutely horrible and the losses, they were just, you know, here we go again. Of course, you know, families talk, especially, you know, girl, you know, yeah. girl, you know. So my my baby sister, she wrote me a letter and yeah. she said that she would carry my child for me. And I just thought that was just the most beautiful thing ever. I mean, I think at the time, I don't know that I was like ready, but she told me that like after I had gone through so much, it was just such a beautiful thing for her to do that because I was having this issue. And so I do make a mention of that in my book, The Colorless Womb. Okay. I do make a mention of that. And so, um, you know, it, that was just, you know, awesome that she would, you know, do that. And so, yes, I started looking for a surrogate and it was, it took years like to go through because there were three different people that I had gone through for, you know, to look at surrogacy and wow. it didn't work out with any of them. Um, and I will tell you that when I started looking for a surrogate, I mean, it's like you open this world of surrogates. I didn't even know that they were out there. First, you have to become comfortable with you even want to do this because I, I didn't want to do it. But it was really my husband who was very much open to it. So when we had to start looking, I said, okay, at least let me just see, you know, like what is, you know, what is surrogacy? Like, how does it work? That type of thing. And yeah, I mean, we, we, we went through that and I don't know, it, it, it took a long time and it, and it took a long time because if, if anyone ever is ever considering surrogacy, there are three things they have to happen. Like you have to make sure that there is a background check. Yeah. You have to make sure that um, there is an emotional check. And then you have to make sure that they are physically okay. So there are dot. Once you go down that road, 
you will find that, you know, your RE typically helps you set up that process because you would have been going to a reproductive endocrinologist at this point. And they will, um, you know, when you're finding people, if that's the route that you choose, they have to make sure that this person, you know, is not, you know, running from the law. They have to make sure that she is not going to run off with the child after the birth. And also that she is physically able to carry the term. And one of the things that they look for, like you have to have a, if you have to have a surrogate, she has to have had children, of course, because they want a proven track record, right? right. Yeah. So that's it. So yeah. Um, Did you ever look into adoption? I did. In fact, when we went to the um, the doc, the attorney rather who when we went to the attorney who ultimately helped us with the surrogacy, that was what we were going to talk to her about. Because after I made that decision that I just did not want to go do this, you know, IVF stuff anymore, I was um, we had just moved on from it. And we decided we were going to just look for, you know, go through adoption. And that was going to be it. And that's, that was, you know, that was just what where it was going to be. And um, when we did um, talk to her again, because it was the second time that we spoke to her about adoption. The first time we talked to her about adoption, she turned us on to surrogacy when she found out that we had embryos. The second time we talked to her about adoption, she had this other person that she just, we had to have this person, like, you know, you give it one more try. Right. And, you know, and so I did not want to, of course, after going through this, and this is like four or five years later, I finally said, okay, I will, um, I, yeah, I'll meet her. Sheesh, you know, I'll do it. I'll meet her. And, um, cause you know, Dave was on board and, um, yeah. And she ended up being the right fit for us. And the, you know, let me caveat this by saying I was only looking for like, you know, someone that I could kind of see myself through. So right. she could be a black woman. Um, you know, I'm just thinking, you know, she just instinctively, culturally, she would just be right. a black woman. You know, I didn't think anything of it. But not that she was biologically connected to my child, but, you know, just for, you know, I just, that's what I just thought. That's what I looked for. Yeah. But the person who ended up carrying my son, she was white and her name was Heidi. And she's amazing. And she has given me like the biggest gift that I could ever have, you know, gotten from anyone. It's just, um, you know, my son. And so, yeah, so it's like the reason that I decided that I was going to write this book, right, was not only because I wanted to talk about my surrogacy, but I also wanted to just hone in on the fact that no matter what you're facing, no matter what you know, troubles or trials that you've had in your past, no matter what it looks like. Here I am like an older, you know, mom. And mm -hmm. it didn't matter that I was older. It didn't matter. It, it just mattered that I got the promise that I believe that God had spoken to me and I am someone's mom, you know, and, you know, which who can believe that, but I am someone's mom. And it's just, it's great because, you know, I, I just, I, you know, I, I had really given up. And so that's another thing you've given up, you're done. You're like, okay, okay yeah, I'm not going to do that anymore, but you just never know what's out there that's for you and whatever God has for you, it's for you. And so I know it sounds, you know, cliche, but that is the truth. If it's for you, it's for you. If he's promised it, it's yours. So 
that's um that's always been you know just something that I always want to make sure that people understand that it wasn't just meant for you know children it's that job you want it's that you know that career that you know the school that you want to go to it's anything that you don't want to be married whatever it is that you know that you that you want it's like you will ultimately get the desires of your heart and being a mom was definitely one of my desires <laughs> wow you know that's a that's a blessing that you receive your baby How, what was the feeling like when you were just like I made it through these nine months. Yeah. Uh, I know you have just like a roller coaster of emotions. Yeah, I mean that day, and um, you know, like I tried to capture it all, like when I was writing, like to, to capture it all. But you know, that day, I I still like sometimes, like I might be in a kitchen or something, and whatever, and then I'm just like, oh my goodness, like this day, like it could be, you know, whatever, you know, the date. Um, and here we are uh, in the house and I'm thinking about it and it's like, oh my goodness, like five years ago or eight years right. ago, you know, on this day. And so that moment was just absolutely incredible. I mean, it just, mm-hmm. and, and I think it's just, it's so, you, you want to meet the, the child, absolutely. But now I'll think about my dynamic and that someone else has him at home every day. She's yeah. holding, you know, like he's kicking, he's doing all, you know, she, and, and, and the thing is with an amazing surrogate, which I had, okay, this girl had an amazing surrogate. She sent me pictures. He could be oh, wow. doing like whatever it would be, tummy pictures, like, you know, uh-huh. it was just, she wanted me to be a part of. Yes. That and that was good, right? Yeah. It yeah. was she wanted me there. She wanted me to be in it. And so going through all of that, okay. And now I immediately, now here he is. I want to get that bond that I know moms get from that whole nine months. I want to get that bond. So one of the things, and, and I, you know, I'm going to say that I, I know like, you know, God is just so good in terms of how this you know, how, the, how the whole process worked because when we finally heard him as he was coming down the hall and here we are waiting for waiting to see this baby he's crying 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 and we go into the room and they have you set up like it, you know like they, they you know you you're un, you know you have your top off like there has to be the skin to skin right which is so awesome i didn't even know that that was a thing okay so I'm going, oh my gosh. Like they're like you have to have you know, a, a gown on. And then as soon as they, they we go into the room, he like you know, the nurse immediately she says, Okay, you know, you need to move your, you know, the, the gown. And then she laid the baby on my chest and he just immediately stopped crying. And I was like, Oh my goodness. Like that moment was just um because that was like our first moment you know seeing ultrasounds and you know seeing pictures of him kicking seeing all that that's one thing but now at my touch he just stopped crying like and i felt like i'm i'm hoping that he felt like you know i'm safe of course now he doesn't feel safe he's like okay mom you're driving me insane what are you doing but yeah, I I just hope at that moment he felt safe and 
it made me feel like I am somebody's mother. Like, it's right. Oh, how, how was it like when you was just seeing him after bringing him home and you just like, wow, like I'm really, Um, um, yeah, I'm I'm a mom happening. It, you know, it was, it was really great. And, you know, I don't, I know people probably don't do this, but we paid someone like my husband, he knew someone, one of the nurses at the hospital and he, he had her come to the house prior to my son being born to show us like how to swaddle. And we were going like, you know, trying to like, oh, using dolls and trying to like whatever. And of course I have friends going, you are really having someone come to show you how to like, you know, tuck in a baby. I know, you know, I don't know. I, I just, I was very nervous. I was very scared. Right. I, you know, and, and I just, you know, and I think it was because I didn't have all those months of kind of gradually, gradually yeah, for it was just, oh my goodness, this baby, it, you know, he's living with me. It's like, you know, and it's just, it was, it was just strange, but it was amazing. And, you know, I think you, you just learn instinctively what to do. Yes, that is so true. Mm-hmm. So um, with you having a surrogate mother and she's white, what did you receive any backlash or negativity when she, during the times when she was pregnant and you finally found someone things of that nature did you go through things in that i did i mean i i you know what i will say number one with my family my family was so happy and i will tell you that's sweet they were they were so happy because if you think about the fact that their sister, their daughter, their niece, their, you know, had gone through all of these losses. She's in tears. You know, everyone else has children and here she is the oldest. They knew me internally and everything that I had gone through. So it's like, they wouldn't have cared if, you know, a mailbox carried my son. They would have been like, oh my God, this is amazing. So they were just very happy. And you know, I was very happy, but I did get, um, I will say just a couple of people like, you know, acquaintances and, uh, you know, just random people who knew the situation and it wasn't really something that was their cup of tea. But I say, you know, none of us know like the package that our blessing is going to come in, you know, it's like, yeah, I mean, it's may not be, you know, Edris. It's like, you know, you get somebody else, you know, maybe it's Kiwi Herman. I mean, it could be somebody that is not what you're thinking is going to be. And so you get a different package and it could be with, with, you know, have me with a surrogacy, someone else with a husband, someone with a wife. I mean, it does not matter what package it comes in that person who's going to bless you is going to bless you. And so there you go. That's it. Wow. So when did you um, actually was like, I really want to share my personal journey and I want to help others because I know you have a women's group now. Yeah. Well, I I think that when I, and I will tell you when the, the, country is like so divided. I mean, we know that it's just completely divided. And I think when it first became so um, obvious and it was just, you know, that 
there was a, such a deep division. I thought that my story was unique and that I could talk about being patient, mm-hmm. talk about knowing loss and, and trusting in what, you know, whatever blessing is for you is going to be for you. But then also there was the racial component, right? And so that component just made me just say, okay, because of the climate in the country, I thought it would just be well-received and it would be a feel good, you know, like a feel good, like, you know, and I think top of this, look at this, we're going through COVID. Of course, that's when my book comes out. Like, why does it have to be during COVID? Right. Going through COVID, everybody's just like, oh my goodness, you know, whatever. And all it was just during a time people were just like, okay, I'm, I'm coming out of this and I'm trying to just look for something that is just positive and good because there's just so much negativity. Mm. And so I thought it would be a great book and it's been like really well received and I really appreciate um, anyone who's purchased my book. It's been, it's been great. Wow. Well, congratulations. Thank you. you. Yeah. Just even just starting it and just having faith because, you know, when women go through things of that nature, they lose faith. Sometimes you may encounter negative thoughts. Um, Mm -hmm. You're so emotional, just crying on a daily basis, crying yourself to sleep, waking up, just Mm -hmm. different things of that nature. And then it's like, you just like, all right, I give up. I'm not doing this no more. So just for you to even go through all of those emotions and still take that chance, that last chance of you having to stare again and not even knowing that she was going to be a Caucasian woman. Mm-hmm. It's just the fact of the joy that I see you in now is just such a blessing. Thank you so much. It really is a blessing. I, I can't even you know, I can't even express it, you know, just, you know, my son and, you know, people who know me, um, am I, you know, do I discipline at all? Like with my son, um, I'm going to go with no for a thousand, but I, I try to, <laughs> I try, but he's just, he's, you know, of course my siblings are probably like, Oh my goodness, grab him. But <laughs> no, he's, he's amazing. And, you know, he can be a little sassy, but I think because I have just wanted this child for so long, yeah. it's just, it's very difficult. Now, my husband, on the other hand, he already had kids, so he's just like, okay, look, get over here, you know, come on. Right. But so, so I let him do it, and now he's he's been great. I mean, he, you know, that was like when he's early on, you know, trying, I'm putting him in timeout, and my husband's going, time out. Time, out. <laughs> me time in. Get me the belt. You know what I mean? Oh, no, no. He wouldn't. I'm joking. I don't want him to get arrested. No, he never said that. Never said that. <laughs> um, yeah, I I just um yeah, I yeah, I, I can't really get with the I, I just can't, you know, <laughs> try, but I mean he's just like, Mom, come on, you can't do it. You oh. know, so it's just right. Yeah. Wow. So um, tell us about your, your women's group that you started. Okay. So Moby, mommy older, baby younger, Moby. So it it's a, a site that I have like on, on Facebook. And then, you know, we do some stuff privately too, you know, in here in Atlanta. 
where we get together and, and do things. It's for women who are like 35 or older who became moms. And it could be like you became a stepmom, you, you know, you had you know, surrogacy, you adopted, whatever it is, you became a mom. And it's, um you know, the, for those of us uh, who are, you know, a little more mature and we have younger children. So that's it. Mo- you know, mommy older, baby younger. So, um, you know, it's just more support because we have other issues. Like it could be like, you know, I really want to uh, run outside with my son and do like all of these things, but it's like, okay, my legs hurt. Like, I don't know, you know, I'm trying to, you know, you're older, even though I will say for me, you know, I, I do try to take care of myself. So I, I don't, I don't have those. I'm just kind of kidding. But yeah, I mean, it's just hormonal issues, anything like, you know, okay. Like, you know, those types of things, but you know, you're an older mom. So it's a different set of challenges. And we address those things privately. You know, we have talks and, you know, so it's just things that pertain to us and like, you know, where we are and what's going on with us. And so it, it's, it's good. Uh, it, it's good conversation and, um, you know, good support for each other. Wow. So what would you tell a woman who is having difficulties conceiving and being able to get pregnant and just trying to find a way? Well, I mean, the the first step, of course, you know, you know, your OB and then ultimately if they if that's something where it, it's it has something that beyond what they can help you with that would be um you know to see a reproductive endocrinologist but i would say to these women like you know definitely take the necessary steps to find out and pinpoint exactly what the issue is you know it could be fibroids it could be you know whatever it could be right you want to find out exactly what it is and then you know it's it's okay to kind of get help for that particular thing i know that um you know, you don't want to just say to people like, you know, you just have to really believe that you're going to whatever. And I get that. And that's absolutely true. But, you know, faith without works. So you you still have to do things and move in that direction where you're trying to help, you know, yourself. And so, yeah, I would say pinpoint the 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 reason. Now, sometimes they actually have an unexplained, um, you know, where you, you know, they don't understand why, you know, like what nothing's happening. And at that point, I guess when there's really, you know, medically and, you know, nothing that can be done, you know, still that's going to be where your faith just kicks in on overdrive. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's a hard thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just a lot of things that are hard and we get through them. Yes, we do. Mm-hmm. And I I really would consider counseling a lot for <sighs> women because it is it is extremely difficult. And, you know, sometimes we don't seek counseling, but you won't know until you try it. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I absolutely that that is crucial having the counseling part of it. And again, like we said earlier, when we first started that a lot of us don't tend to seek counseling, but it would be something that you should, you know, consider and then support groups, you know, you have people who 
they've either gone through it. You know, this is a, you know, quasi support group where right. you have people that are, that have gone through something and they're sharing and they're showing you life on the other side of whatever your issue is. And those things, they give you hope. They help you to walk away feeling, you know, much better about yourself yeah. knowing, knowing, right, that somebody else has gone through this and you're not alone. You, and, you know, that's a big piece of it. That's a, that's a very big piece of it. Getting counseling, having support groups and, you know, that's, mm -hmm. that's what, you know, that's what they need to do. Yes, it is. So with you having Doc, have you wanted a second one? I am like 305 years old. No, I am not even thinking about kids. No, I mean, I have bonus children. I have Doc. So that is enough. Um, no, I, you know, I have, about, huh? yeah, no, I mean, look, please, I, no, I would not even consider something like that. Not even consider, not even if I won the Powerball, I would not consider it, you know, but. It's like y'all um, said a cuss word to you. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious because, you know, it's so funny, my, um my sister has lupus mm, so yeah. she have my nephew he's like mm -hmm. 22 now okay so now that she's older she's like 40 what's my sister 44 now okay she has a two-year-old yeah i mean and, and wait and what's wrong with that what is wrong with that? <laughs> Boy, that little that baby give her a rough for her money. I know, and, you know, but you know, but but I will tell you, I will tell you. Okay, so my son's he's almost ten. I'm you know thirty two, but you know, so here it is. No, I'm not. Um, but it's like okay, if if you're one thing, I, okay, I was always concerned. Like, okay, I don't want to look like my son's grandmother. Like, please don't let me ever look like his grandmother. And I just think that I, I've tried so hard over the years to keep myself, like, you know, in terms of working out and eating <laughs> a certain diet and trying, you know, trying that I think, you know, of course, God sees the end from the beginning. So it's like, he knew that I would be, you know, older and have this younger son therefore okay right. she will not look like his grandmother so that's good <laughs> and so that's something something that you think about like oh my gosh you know and so you know it's it's been a blessing because i will tell you there are people who they don't really know how old i am like you know i you know i you get around well, I kid around a lot, you know, like, especially with my siblings. I'm the oldest. Of course, I'm like, oh, my God, because, you know, like, I have a nephew. He's 38, right? So um, we were talking about his, you know, talking about him. I'm like, oh, yeah, he's 38 now. And I'm like, okay, yeah, oh, my God, that's right, because he's just a few years older than me. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, my God. And everybody's just like, okay, you know what? Let her have it. Just let her have right. it. Right. You know, delusion is, you know. It's a gift. So yeah, just let her have it. Let her go with it. Wow. So after so long of you just keeping this in and then the pandemic, you like, I'ma just write a book. Yes. Why were you hiding it? Um, I you know, I 
I was, I, I've actually like really have gone on like, um, a lot of like different interviews and I've done things. I will say though, being live with someone, that was something that I just like, now I am not comfortable with doing that because I just don't know what I'm going to say. And so it's just like, you know, so I was, I was really, I was just really out there. And I will tell you like a, a number of people who've contacted me and we've had conversations and it's been great. And I really feel like it's helping people because the kind of questions that you're asking me, those are the kinds of questions that they ask me. And then there are other moms who are Mobies, mommy, older, baby, younger. So mm -hmm. I'm talking to them. And so that's good. So, you know, we, it, it's, it's, it's been great. So, you know, I, I just, the live thing is just something that, you know, I get very nervous with, although my husband's like, okay, please. He <laughs> thinks that I am, I'm never nervous about anything. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I do get nervous. You just well, may, maybe you can tell, maybe you can, I don't know, but I do get nervous. That's okay. It's normal though. Yeah. It's normal. So how can anyone purchase your book? The oh. Colorless Womb. Okay. First, that's great. The Colorless Womb. You can buy it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Apple iBook. Um, and you can follow me also on Instagram at Colorless Womb underscore. Okay. So Colorless Womb underscore. And then on Facebook, The Colorless Womb. So you can follow my page. Okay. Perfect. Um, do you also have a website as well? I do the colorlesswomb.com and you can see like a lot of my interviews are out there. Um, just helpful tips are out there. And then you can also contact me through my Facebook, through, through my website. I'm sorry, my website. <laughs> Amazing. Mm -hmm. So how far and what direction do you really want to go with this journey of sharing your testimony? You know, I, I will go as far as it will, it will take me. I, I will. I, and I, and I think, you know, just to hit on one last thing is that, you know, like societally, you know, they just, you know, people believe that, you know, like women who look like me, and we'll say black women that, you know, you can just have four or five, 10, 12 kids that it's just like, oh yeah, kids and the whole nine. But then there are people who don't, they don't have kids. They're having struggles and they look like us. So yes. for those people, I would definitely want to be a sounding board for them. And I have been over the past couple of years, it's been great, you know, talking yeah. to people, you know, so, and there's been other countries, it's been nice. And so just giving anyone hope, um, you know, that if, you know, we know like what he's done for, for us, he can do for you. So there you go. That is amazing. You know, you're going to bless a lot of women that are having these difficulties because a lot of times they feel like they are alone. Yeah because you're not really just out there in the community, just like, oh, hey, I can't have a baby. Hey, yeah. I'm having a hard time. Mm -hmm. So just with you just being out there, being live. I'm <laughs> <laughs> being live. You will be surprised how many women that will come across your yeah. interview and they may be bawling in tears during the whole mm -hmm. interview, but yeah. you help them. And you're giving them faith to be able to keep going because the fact of you keep going, I, I applaud you. It is just amazing. It's inspiring. I, honestly. Well, it's really good to hear that. It's very good to hear that. And that's really what I want to do. Just be again, that sounding board for people who have a hard time like me and know that they're not alone. Yes. 
Because that's that's a lot of things what a lot of us go through personally. We just like, ain't nobody going through this but me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's just not true. No, it's not, not. true. <laughs> it no. is. Yeah. Yeah. So um, what encouraging words do you have for women that is like in the process of not having faith, but is still a little bit there? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I would say to kind of, I guess to those to those women, I guess what, well, I guess what I would want said to me and, and things that were said to me that really helped me to, to keep going on is that, you know, whatever is for you is for you. And I know that people say that, but it's the absolute truth that, it's true. No one can take anything away from you that was meant for you. They just they just can't. You can delay things, you can, you know, maybe dodge it for a minute, but if that thing is meant for you to do a certain thing. I mean, you have people who've been on drugs their entire lives, own businesses now and helping other people. Like you're what you've gone through, it's helping others. And so I, you know, if it's meant for you. And the thing is, if, if it never happens, let's say, because sometimes, you know, we pray for stuff and it just, and it doesn't happen. If it doesn't happen, I just believe that your, your heart will be filled with something else that will continue to have, where you'll have joy. You know, you can just continue to have joy because there are a lot of things that we want and they don't come to fruition. And it can just really hurt you. But it's like you get healed in that area. And then you just find joy. It's for the, it's those people who just decide, and I have to say decide to just say, eh, I'm just going to have a pity party over it. I'm just going to, you know, I could have said, you know, I have all these siblings, right? And right. You know, baby showers and what do you mean? You know, I'm, I'm doing another shower and whatever. But when you're happy for other people, okay, when you're happy for other people, that can bring more to you. Yes. And, um, you know, so having that right attitude, not giving up, having that right attitude and knowing that if it doesn't happen for you, your joy will be made complete elsewhere. And that's just, that's it. And so, you know, I just, I believe that. I believe that. That is amazing. Well, thank you so much thank for you. being so transparent yeah. and you did it as a breeze because <laughs> I know you were nervous, but I was very nervous. You very did an amazing job and you've helped someone tonight. I know you did. Thank you so much. Yes. Yeah, so thank you so much for being on life. Her podcast, everyone. Okay. Thank you for tuning in tonight. I appreciate you all and make sure you share this live and help someone else. Thank you. Thank you.